0: Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 268. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. And we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed comic creator and talented writer, James Walton. James. How you doing,
1: guys? How you doing? <laughs> I'm
0: good. I'm good. So, so James, we got connected through our, our mutual connection, Christian, who uh, you worked with uh, the with the Fugitive Poems folks, their um, Containment Breach, Volume 3. Um, it was that actually,
1: was- Volume 4, they ended up switching it up. So,
0: oh, did they end up switching it up? Okay. Yep. So so talk to us a little bit about how did you get connected with the Fugitive Poem Guys?
1: I was just perusing Twitter one day. And I saw, uh, basically, I, I we're looking for artists and writers to join us on this anthology. And I was like, hey, I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm also not published. This would be awesome if I could get into this. So I sent them like three or four samples. Okay. And then I was on pins and needles for like two or three weeks. And they sent me an email. Hey, we'd love to bring you on, and my heart dropped. I was just like, "Oh my god, someone actually wants me to write something for them." <laughs> and then I'm there. I was just like, "Okay, it's settled. I'm going to start doing this thing." <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, t- so, what was that intro that you that, that you
0: sent to Christian? What was it that that, that you sent to him?
1: It was like a six-page piece on a character in my own universe, which Mm. is based on the Egyptian God set, which within the universe, we'll meet him sometime. I don't know when. But uh, he was cursed to be split into separate aspects of what he's the God of. And in that Mm. particular piece, he's the God of violence. So he kind of wandered around the city, and he kept coming across acts of violence. And he's like, the whole time, he's a uh, philosophizing <laughs> on why people are violent. And he comes to the conclusion that actually, I actually don't remember what the conclusion was. I haven't read that thing in a long time. <laughs> I think it was like it's human nature or something like that. <laughs> it was, it wasn't like some super deep thing, but they liked it. I also sent him uh, a piece of that name. Lackluster. It's about this guy who has the most boring morning ever but it turns out he works at this corporation that is holding cthulhu hostage (laughs) (laughs) and the last piece i sent to him was uh i forgot the name of it i do not remember the name of that piece because i had written that specifically for that just to have something completely different it's about a pigeon that kung fu fights cats <laughs> I just wrote that up real quick. I was like, I need something that's completely different because I felt like the first two were kind of monster things. Right. right. I need something else. So right. Like, what about a pigeon that fights cats with kung fu? There you go. Crap out of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 t- so you're able to. so. So you're able to connect with Christian, and so you you yourself write the comics. So who did we who was he able to pair up with? Your who was the artist for your story that you wrote for Containment Breach?
1: It was a Troubled Odyssey. Okay. And they were, they were awesome. <laughs> I can't even think of a better word. They were awesome. It was a it was a great experience. Like I wrote it up, Christian edited it for me, which was my first time ever having to work with an editor that was awesome it's like he i have a tendency to overthink things (laughs) he was just like no dude just do this and the whole story will make sense and so i did that and the whole story made sense (laughs) we got it over to trouble and they just took it and ran with it like we didn't have to change anything they just were like okay this is the script how about this and i was like that is exactly (laughs) That's exactly what I saw when I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> that was really. So was I'm really, I'm really curious.
0: I, I and and I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your your debut, your debut comic, Stagnant Waters. And so, what I love about this, and we we're talking about that before we went live, is like it is gorgeously produced. How much has this story evolved? The the almost twenty years since when you first wrote it initially,
1: to the point that it is essentially a completely different story. <laughs> like, <laughs> the The very first version of it was uh, it was more akin to I don't know if you remember this game; it's really old, just from way back in the Super Nintendo days. It was a uh, Chrono Trigger. It was a lot more into it. Yeah,
0: Chrono, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then I realized I'm just writing Chrono Trigger fan fiction, (laughs) basically. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of started tweaking things. And then it became a little more superhero y as it kept going. And then it Mm. got a little more sci fi to it. And then it just kind of ballooned outward into this entire universe that it is now. But. There are still some things that are the same like there's some of the the backstory that actually comes from back when i was 16 and i was first writing this thing but if i were to show this to 16 year old me they'd be like this is something completely different what is this
0: So what are what did you say? What what are some of the things that you've known that you you still kept true to your original sixteen year old self, and what are the things that are completely different than um, than it was when it was in this earlier iterations?
1: The alien race that we meet, Well, we meet a few of them in the book, uh, mm-hmm. the the main guy, the guy that's in charge of everything, sitting in the chair. <laughs> they stay the same. They've been. The same since I started. They're, um, well, I guess they have changed a little bit. They've gotten more violent <laughs> over the years <laughs> because you know, at first they were just generic. We're the bad guys. And right. Now they're really a force to be reckoned <laughs> with. Like they right. have their own empire at this point, whereas before they were just a group. the uh, The main characters have actually changed a lot too. There used to be more of them. <laughs> Uh, but now it's whittled down to just two guys. Quentin is actually entirely different from what he started as. Which actually like this version of him a lot more. Okay. He's, I think he'll be a lot more interesting to read <laughs> now before he was just generic. He didn't really have any purpose other than just being an ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's, he's still that, but you know, he's got layers too. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of the same now. He's human, he wasn't human before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kind of stayed the same, I guess, right?
0: And so, because you, you mentioned too, as like someone that's that's had also background in writing screenplays, as is. Uh, how important, how easy was it for you to actually dive into the actual the personalities of the
1: characters? Mm-hmm. I'd say to start, it was kind of hard separating everyone into distinct people. But as I continued world building, they became real people to me. It was just, I'm writing about a person that exists, you know they only exist in my head but <laughs> i know so much about them at this point that everyone is their own person which makes it a whole lot easier especially i can look out in the world and i can see these people i might not see them in the same person every moment but i can see them somewhere which makes it easier as i keep going like oh i saw a person today who did something that would do, or I saw a person today who did something that like Quentin would do, which kind of helps solidify who these people are in my head. It makes it a lot easier going forward, but definitely bottom line, making them real people is the key.
0: Hmm. And, so, and so what aspect of that did you find out as you were kind of reworking the script and rewriting it over a few times? how did the actual plot change was there any moments as you're writing the script to this that your main characters kind of took the story in a different direction that you weren't planning on from the original script
1: yeah actually yeah. the original the very first version of the script yeah. was actually different <laughs> to actually still have the first few pages which I have no clue where they're at right now. They're somewhere in a file on my computer. (laughs) I'll have to dig for it one day, and maybe I'll throw them up on Twitter.
0: So I'm really curious about talking about the world-building aspect of it. Now, what parts of the world-building of creating this universe did you find easy for you to do, and which ones did you find actually more more of a chore to do, whether it be like creating languages or politics or religions or just – basic physics of certain planets. How did that, what were some of the aspects that you enjoyed and what aspects did you find uh, a bit more
1: challenging? So, easiest part, hands down, is the history that yeah. I breezed through the history. I took like two or three weeks and I wrote, I think it's at, shoot, I don't remember how many pages it is. I know the whole document is like 165 pages of world building, but I went from the literal Big Bang of the universe all the way up to the end of the universe and then a little bit beyond that because there's still some story after the universe ends. <laughs> that part was definitely the easiest. I've probably rewritten it like 150 times at this point, but every time I rewrite it, it's just as easy as the first time. <laughs> it's just I got to go in because I've thought, you know, oh, this moment on May 15th, 1969. Could actually be better if it was like this, and it was on May seventeenth. <laughs> like, that part's definitely easy, but the figuring out the physics of everything—that's mm. the hardest part. Because it's like I wanted to be believable. I don't want right. to just magically we can do this. I want to be able for someone who knows what they're talking about to look at it and go, "Yeah, like." That could work. It's wrong, but it could work <laughs> at the very least. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to get everything right. And I'm not even going to try to get everything right. But I want it to be close enough that it makes sense. So, like, mm. the um, just as an example, the uh, faster than light travel, I, actually, I have a magic way for it to work, but I'm trying to have that have some scientific backing to it. Mm. Like, yeah, we have this magic or that makes it easier to have faster than light travel but it's based on zero point energy so someone with a degree who knows what they're talking about can look at that and say yeah maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so because you you bring that up because that part of your inspiration that you mentioned in a previous interview was you know just you know tolkien being able to you know, create in-depth you know worlds as he set it up. So, why, if 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 like Tolkien was an inspiration to you in a fantasy setting, um, what made you want to do create a sci-fi universe instead of say like a fantasy universe?
1: Well, even though I love Tolkien the way that I do, sci-fi has always been my first love. Always, oh, so I was like, well, why not make take what I learned from reading Tolkien and that depth of like, you could go to middle earth. It's so detailed. You could go there. Why not take that and do it with sci-fi, which is, you know, Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, so talk us a little bit also about some of the different like, like alien species and the planets that you've created and what, what can your readers expect from the different planets as well?
1: so at present there's about six main species okay. we've got the kelm, which are the the big bads we've got the lord i see it written so much i forgot how to pronounce it because i came up with a special way to pronounce it it's basically quadrati which okay. is the corniest name everyone i'll describe them in a second <laughs> and we've got the uh um, haraxians the Jogon, how many did I say so far? Four. The Jogon, yeah. and um, the Araxi. Yeah, I don't talk about them too much, so I forget their name all the time because they aren't important yet. <laughs> and then we've got the Nantani, which I do mention in the book. Okay. So, Oh, got them right there. That's actually three of them. So the Haraxian is the blue guy they <laughs> okay. are more like um because everyone's kind of i went the star trek route where i mean not star trek star wars route where you know a planet is kind of one thing yeah. <laughs> i went with that for that because i was like i needed to be simple so right. that they're easily understandable and then as we meet more of them then i can go into depth with it but the haraxians are more like politics and science that's their thing okay and then okay. the quadrati which is the green guy there they're an insect species which most of them have four legs some of them only have two but that's where i got quad from <laughs> they have four legs so why not <laughs> it was like the the dominant species of them like or race of them yeah two-legged people aren't as important as the four-legged people but they're okay. more warlike and really just about controlling things. So all mm. of their science is geared towards control. Mm. And We've got the cow, which yeah. I can tell that. So this particular cow isn't actually a representation of what the cow really looked like. He's actually sickly. Okay. He's a he's a runt. Basically, he's the only reason he's even this far out in the universe because they're actually pretty far away from earth the only reason he's this far out is because he's a runt and he fails a lot at okay. least by count standards so his punishment is you have to go far out that's what you can do you can go prove yourself okay. somewhere far far away from us because we can't stand you <laughs> <laughs> okay. he's the sickly version of them when he's we the see one yeah, they'll be they'll You'll understand why they're the force to be reckoned with. Right. We've got uh, Yulan here. He's a Jogon. For the Jogon, they were actually conquered a long time ago. And so the Jogon that we see now aren't the actual original Jogon. These are genetically engineered by the Quadrati to be oh, controlled. Nice. Okay. They're essentially like the. The perfect warriors so hmm. the quadrati said okay you're already perfect we can make you better though and we can make you something we can control so so
0: stagnant waters i'm very curious about the the the, the meaning of the title when people see the word stagnant waters what's uh what, what's what's the meaning behind the the title of your series
1: so one of the main themes of the stories that the universe is changing. Mm. So I thought, what's something that doesn't really represent change, but there's some change that comes from it. I thought, stagnant waters, that's literally stagnant (laughs) water, but from it, you get a mosquito. It's not the change you want, you don't like it, but you got something from it. And I thought that really kind of represents what's happening here perfectly. Mm. Universe is changing but it's changing in a way that nobody's really going to (laughs) like, but it's changing.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and so, so talk to us a little bit about your two main characters. I know one of the, one of the taglines that you talk about in this book is like, you basically have these two, the, 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 these two characters that could either be the salvation or the destruction of the universe or something along those lines.
1: Yeah. So, with ian and quentin they're kind of thrust into this thing Mm. they're really put into a situation where they're going to have to decide what they're going to be to the universe because they are essentially the crux of that change they literally Mm. are the keys to what the count have been looking for and through that Things are going to happen that is really going to define which path either of them choose. And you know, one path saves the universe. The other is going to lead to its destruction. <sighs> I'm really going to have fun with playing with how they deal with that decision, mm. which I think I talked about it before. Whereas Ian wants nothing to do with it. He's not that kind of person. You know he's really reserved he doesn't want to he's not going to want to have to deal with this whereas quentin is essentially a narcissist so finding out he's the center of the universe pretty much is going to be awesome for him (laughs) it's really going to be fun when i especially when we get deeper in and things really open up and i can really start revealing secrets because there's so much more to why they're the center of this both on earth and just in the universe at large it's it's gonna be awesome (laughs) i kind of wish i could just tell you the story now
0: (laughs) because i you mentioned that like initially had about 170 pages of notes put together for this and how much now that issue one is already created and you know i'm sure you're working on issue two as we speak how many how many issues do you see like your 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 initial story arc take place
1: the initial arc is in three parts okay right now i'm kind of tweaking it a little bit because the the original version of the arc was going to be three 12 issue arcs (laughs) I was like Mm. that might be a little long (laughs) to get all of the answers that you're looking for and then there's still more to go after that so I'm kind of tweaking it to get it down to six issue arcs and really build up to this climax moment that will reveal all of the secrets by the end of it
0: okay all right and so, what, so, uh, and, and so what are some of the aspects of it that you that you feel as though that uh, when are we are talking about, you know, uh, the actual, you know, the, the creation of the, the arcs and, and the creation of the stories without giving anything away, obviously, um, is there anything particular that you even like to reread and smile about thinking, "Wow, this is I can't wait for, you know, the my audience to discover this aspect.
1: My absolute favorite is actually the introduction of the scribe, which is the guy who's narrating. Because mm-hmm. he's not just narrating; he's actually a character in the story. Oh, cool. So he's, he's actually, yeah, I, I can't wait to reveal who he actually is. Because that's going to be awesome. That's a that's a ways out, <laughs> but definitely that my next favorite just because i i like history stuff too is going to be where their powers actually come from it's like Uh, in the okay issue one it appears that their powers are coming from the guy who abducted them that's not what's happening there though (laughs) so i can't wait to reveal that part ah the twins the time traveling twins they're probably Number three, because there's some stuff they're gonna do that I can't wait to get to. I Can't even tell you that part because we tell too much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so talk to us a little bit. Uh, You went through halfway halfway through this. You were able to get another writer because this is taking a, a few years, and you were able. You had a delay on getting the whole thing together. Talk to us a little bit about the creative aspects you're able to do to introduce that second artist into their comic book
1: so for that that's actually how the transition page of the scribe came to be i was like well if this is going to change i had already kind of thought timelines are going to be shifting a little bit here Mm. which my mom actually told me about a show where it's like a comedy and a drama at the same time so the camera changes when it's telling the drama side it's got a drama like camera when it's on the comedy side of the story it changes to like a sitcom it's like camera huh. so i was like well i'm changing artists so that that's kind of the same thing so i dropped in that extra page of the scribe basically saying the timeline has changed to explain why the art lo- suddenly looks different. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that works. And now the timeline is this. I plan on sticking with this artist for as long as possible. If it changes again, I hope it doesn't because I, I really like Dave. <laughs> but if it does again, the timeline will change again. <laughs> explain why there's a new artist. <laughs>
0: So I'm also so. Have you also looking at because you've created this like you know expansive universe? Um, how much of a possibility would it be? You know, looking at it from say like the uh, the gaming side of this. Is there have you looked at trying to make this into like say like a like your world as like say like a, a tabletop role playing game module or something along those lines as well?
1: I have, but I don't know enough about tabletop to make it work, so I decided I would make a a video game instead. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I could make a video game in this universe, plus I can get RPG Maker and make it myself pretty much. I haven't gotten it yet. I need to actually know what I'm doing before I start investing extra money into something else. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I'm definitely... It won't be the same story, but it'll be a part of the story. Okay. That is one of my goals. I want to have it cross multiple media platforms Mm -hmm. so that anyone, I don't like comics. Well, here's a video game. You like video games? Oh, you don't like video games? How about maybe this cartoon? If I can get that done at some point, (laughs) or this book? You want some pros? Got some pros for you. (laughs) Definitely. Want I have that shared universe, which that actually, I was inspired to do that by Marvel. I was mm. like, that shared universe is just, it's awesome that I can look mm. at a TV show and it, I mean, they don't do it as much as I wish they would, but I can watch a TV show and it has an effect on the movie. So I want to do that. A book, a video game, a comic, everything. And it all has bearing in what's actually going on in the universe. You can read the mm. comic and find out Maybe something you didn't find out in the game. You can see something in the game you didn't see in the book. Right.
0: So, so, do you see this mostly as, like, say, like a sci fi genre or like a superhero genre then?
1: I'd say it's more so sci fi. It just so happens to also have superheroes. Okay. But definitely more so sci fi. Right. The, the superheroes really don't want to be superheroes, with the exception of one that will meet in issue two. Okay.
0: All right. If somebody wants to actually pick up this comic book and actually download it or, or read it now, where's the best place they could go to?
1: Right now, we're on uh, Global Comics. I'm okay. Also going to uh, VPComics.com. I'll be okay. on there as well pretty soon. And I'm also on Comics.com with an X. Okay. <laughs> I guess as you say, you, you have
0: lots of people who've been reading this and you've gotten great reviews for this comic book so far. So all those fans and readers that are out there that enjoyed issue number one, when can they expect to see issue number two?
1: I'm shooting for by the fall, making comics expensive. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's that's really the only thing slowing me down right now. Just making right. sure I don't want to ask anyone, hey, can you maybe do a little bit for free and I'll get you on the back end? I don't want to do that. I'm going to pay everybody up for it as much as possible to get as much done. So I'm saving up so that I can say, here you go, Dave. Do 10 right. pages. We'll come back to the next <laughs> 10. Right.
0: So, James, if people want to learn more about you, where's the where's the best place they
1: could go to? Best place is going to be Twitter. I, I'm there every day posting mm-hmm. Whole bunch of stuff, mostly just saying, "Hey, come support my comic." But from there, you'll be able to get any other link that I might throw up. You know, if you want to go join the Facebook page, because we do have a Facebook page for the uh, publishing company. You can find the link on Twitter. Twitter is definitely my home. <laughs> okay,
0: perfect. All right. Well, so listen, James, you got to come back on when you're ready for issue number two, and. Uh, you, it's fantastic comic. so anybody out there who is a fan of the sci-fi genre this is an expansive world and it's well written and it's it's well received and i had a huge blast checking it out and, and, and thank you so much james for coming on oh, no problem
1: thanks for having me
0: Yeah, I mean, b- before we went live, we we're just talking about you. you were wearing your anime T-shirt, you know, and I was talking about the fact that, like, I've never actually watched Naruto. Naruto, Naruto right? So I like, Did I say it right, James? No, oh man, I know. It's, kind of,
1: it's a little bit off. It's Naruto. It's it sounds like you said it, but it's okay. softer. <laughs> it's a softer. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: So. <laughs> okay,' All right. I got gotcha. you
1: all right, but you know and that's so, how Americans say it. we might all be saying it wrong, who knows we all <laughs> wrong who knows? <laughs>